Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday, October the 16th. And, uh, of course, uh, a lot of heartbreak yesterday in the NFL as uh, the two undefeated teams go down. No, no undefeated teams now in the NFL. Of course, the Saints... Uh, another one for the books. Uh, we'll have Bob Rose on around uh, 745 to talk about the Saints and uh, their game yesterday up in Houston. But uh, meanwhile, uh, Major League Baseball, the uh, American League uh, Championship Series gets underway. And uh, not a surprise, but the Rangers uh, keep it going. College football, uh, the polls are out. Uh, we'll have Coach Ryan Antoine of the Westgate uh, Tigers on around 735. High school football uh, over the weekend, uh, some interesting scores by, by that. And as I mentioned, Bob Rose on at 745 uh, to talk about the Saints yesterday. And also uh, with that, uh, also our Today in Sports History, uh, we'll have a little bit at, after 8 o'clock here on Kane Radio. But yesterday uh, in the NFL, uh, the two undefeated teams, uh, 49ers and the uh, Eagles, both go down uh, – of course, the Browns have a pretty good defense. And, uh, of course, San Francisco misses a, a time-ending field goal to lose the game 19-17. Uh, to 17. Uh, I think the field goal was, uh, uh, what, 45 yards maybe? Uh, I don't think it was 50, but uh, had a chance to win the game and just a little bit right with that. And as the uh, Browns uh, celebrate uh, – and that's the first loss, I think, the 49ers have had in the regular season in 14 or 15 games yesterday. So uh, with that, and then I think with that also, McCaffrey uh, went down with an injury. And some, yeah, yeah. and I want to say Debo Samuels uh, left the game uh, sometime uh, later on during the game. So uh, the 49ers um, pick up their first loss of the year. And uh, with that, the Browns had the dog pound was howling yesterday. Yeah, it's funny. I, was, I, I forget if it was the CBS or Fox pregame I was watching yesterday, but they were doing this uh, underdog picks. Uh, and nobody thought there was an underdog that was going to win a game really? yesterday uh, in this panel, uh, for what it's worth. I mean, uh-huh, uh, they're sure. just a bunch of talking heads. But uh, I'm, I was looking at Cleveland plus nine at home. I'm thinking, I don't think they win the game, but nine points is a lot at home. Yes. And uh, indeed, um, you know, uh, they, they came through, watched a little of that game. Uh, I know it, 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 Fox flipped to it uh, after the end of the Saints game, but I was watching it on um, the NFL Sunday ticket, uh, a little of it, and just keeping an eye on it and saying, boy, Cleveland is sticking with this team. But then you also saw where uh, McCaffrey went down, and I'm sure that plays a part into it. But uh, maybe not uh, always the best decision-making there, too. Yeah, and uh, with that, of uh, course, not not knowing how serious uh, the injury is for uh, McCaffrey, but uh, – it's going to upset a lot of uh, uh, fantasy football players, <laughs> I can assure you, in that regard. And then the other big game, the Eagles, uh, uh, in a game that uh, – a late game, uh, taking on the Jets. And Zach Wilson doesn't have a great day, but he's got a day that uh, – to remember, he's 19 out of 33 for 186 yards. Uh, Jalen Hurts th- puts it up 45 times. Uh, completes 28 for 280 yards in a score. And the Jets get on the board late uh, due to, I think, not necessarily, what a pick six, but it was an interception late that they uh, drove down the field and ended up going for two. 
and uh, making it. And uh, with that, so uh, the uh, uh, the Jets uh, right now are playing pretty good football uh, as they gave the Cowboys a pretty good game. Of course, uh, that game uh, tonight, uh, the Cowboys journey to Los Angeles take on the Chargers. But uh, the Jets, uh, with that, uh, win a big game and – yeah, so like kept saying, hey, I have faith in Zach Wilson. Uh, let's face it, he was a high draft pick he a was. few years ago. And from what I understand, Aaron Rodgers was heavily engaged uh, in that game. He was on the headsets, and he was uh, offering what he could, uh, at least from the sidelines. And apparently he was throwing pregame uh, without crutches. So, oh, okay. You know, again, he's, uh, he's actively engaged uh, and uh, hungry to come back. Well, just a, a point, in, uh, 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 an important point, the Eagles turned the ball over four times yesterday, three interceptions and one fumble yeah. they lost, and the Jets didn't commit a turnover. And uh, when you play football like that, uh, chances are you win the turnover battle, you're going to win the game. Of course, the Eagles, uh, they had uh, time of possession, just a little over 30 minutes, 44 seconds. Meanwhile, they had 348 total yards to the Jets, 244. Of course, it was up in New York. Uh, rushing uh, uh, 80 to for Philly, 89 for the Jets. Uh, first downs, Philadelphia 24 to 17. Uh, seven out of 14 on uh, third down conversions for the Eagles. Two out of 11 for the Jets. Uh, one out of two on fourth downs for the Eagles. 0 for one uh, for the Jets. But the Jets penalized nine times for 68 yards. Uh, they were sacked five times. Uh, meanwhile. Uh, five penalties for 46 yards on the Eagles, and uh, they were sacked uh, twice. But those four turnovers uh, pretty much the difference in the game as they're now no undefeated teams. And I wondered yesterday if they have any of the 72 Dolphins <laughs> alive. If they, you know, every year uh, they'd get together and uh, or maybe toast uh, when the last of the undefeated teams would go down yesterday. And uh, with that, uh, was it yesterday or maybe it was uh, sometimes – Saturday or maybe even Friday, they had a um, something about the 72 uh, Dolphins uh, in their undefeated season, and with Manny Fernandez and Bob Greasy and uh, players like Ty, Ty Mandich, the big tight end, along with I don't know if they talked to Nick Bonacani, but uh, also some of the reporters back then who were covering the Dolphins down in Miami back in '72. Course, they had to play that game against the infamous pass by your 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 premium uh, for a touchdown for the Redskins to make it look close. But uh, the yeah, Dolphins pretty much dominated that game. Let me, let me if I can pull this story up. Okay, uh, here we go. This is from um, Marca.com. Not sure what that's all about, but 72 Dolphins will have the opportunity to officially pop the champagne on Monday. For one more year after the undefeated streak in the NFL came to an end after surprising defeats of the two undefeated teams that lost their status during week six. Talking about 49ers and Eagles. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, trying to see if they have a specific uh, group of people that may, uh, may be able to uh, still show up. You know, that's it's 51 years ago. <laughs> you know, if they were in their mid-20s, they'd be in their late 70s now. Uh or so, or even 80, for that matter. Uh, of course, Earl Morrow, who who helped the Dolphins to that undefeated season after Greasy yeah, broke his yeah. ankle. A lot of people forget about that. Yeah, he, he led them. I think Greasy came in. I don't know if it was t- at the last game of the year or maybe in the playoffs he came in to uh, run the uh, the Dolphins uh, onto that undefeated season. 
course, uh, they defeated, uh, as we mentioned, the Redskins 14-7, to I think, in the Coliseum. Or was it in Miami? 14-7, uh, of course, the infamous uh, Garrow, your premium pass that was picked off by Mike Pass and turned it to a touchdown. But the over-the-hill gang couldn't uh, get over that 14-7 uh, loss to the undefeated Dolphins. Yeah, th- this story doesn't reference any singular player who's going to pop champagne, where they're going to do it. Um, but if, if it happens, it'll be on social media somewhere. Yes. Anyway, in the meantime, other scores around the league. Uh, of course, uh, Kansas City uh, disposed of Denver 19-8. That was a Thursday night game. Of course, Baltimore and Tennessee over in Mario, England. Uh, the Ravens come out on top 24-16 to in that game. Uh, Washington keeps Atlanta down a little bit as the Commanders beat the Falcons 24-16. to Helps out the Saints some. Meanwhile, uh, Minnesota uh, tops the Bears uh, over in Soldier Field, 19 to 13. And uh, the, how's the injury with regards to uh, quarterback uh, for it the was Bears? Initially negative, but they will do an MRI. Um, at, as of this morning, it's uh, not determined who's going to be starting. But boy, I was watching the Bears and Saints game and uh, side by side, and I was it was like watching the same game, both making bad mistakes, not being able to finish drives, uh, just a lot of disappointing play in both of those games. And uh, I guess uh, Field, uh, what, a dislocated thumb? Was that the wrist. initial wrist? Wrist. I thought it was a thumb. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, of course, uh, another game uh, over in Cincinnati. Uh, Joe Burrow finds a way to beat Seattle 17-13. to Elsewhere, we talked about San Francisco going down to Cleveland on a late field goal that uh, was a little shade right, but it didn't go through the upright. So uh, down goes San Francisco. Meanwhile, Miami still piling on the points as they down Carolina, the Panthers in Miami, 42-21 to in that ball game uh, as uh, the uh, Dolphins pile up 424 yards of offense to 296 for Carolina. Elsewhere, Jacksonville starting to feel it a little bit. They down Indianapolis in Jacksonville, 37-20. to Of course, Jacksonville comes to New Orleans, but that's a Thursday night game, folks, as the uh, Saints will play uh, uh, the Jaguars in New Orleans Thursday night. Uh, I think the spread on that game uh, uh, is just about a picket, I think. It was going up and down uh, uh, after the uh, uh, announced uh, uh, spread in that game. Elsewhere, New England trying to find a way to win. Uh, Las Vegas pulls it out 21-17 to uh, over in Vegas as the uh, the Patriots uh, wondering if Bill Belichick's going to make the year. And <laughs> There's a lot of talk about that. Anyway, in the meantime, uh, I think he, he deserves the rest of the year. But uh, a lot of squawking. Elsewhere, Detroit, boy, they looked pretty good yesterday. I watched some of that game, too, as they down Tampa Bay, thank goodness, uh, as Detroit – uh, just just kind of held uh, uh, Baker Mayfield in check. He was 19 out of 37 for 206 yards. Jared Goff looked good, 30 out of 44, 353 yards and two touchdowns. Craig Reynolds comes in uh, uh, from Montgomery and does a, an adequate job for them uh, with a couple blocks and uh, running the ball. But uh, Amon uh, Ray uh, St. Brown is the uh, big player in that game. 12 receptions, 124 yards, and a TD uh, for the uh, uh, Detroit Lions. And right now the Lions, believe it or not, folks, along with the Eagles, 49ers, and uh, who else is 4-1 and one in the league? Kansas City. I think uh, those are the only five and one teams in the league right now, uh, the National Football League, not the uh, AFC or the NFC. But uh, 
best records right now in football. So uh, with that, the Lions uh, to be watched. They played really well yesterday. Elsewhere, out on the coast, uh, Arizona uh, took on the Rams, and the Rams uh, 26-9. to and they're starting to pick it up a little bit to the Rams uh, with that. So uh, somebody to keep an eye on uh, there. Elsewhere, we talked about the Eagles going down to the Jets 20-14. to 14, And then the late night game, Buffalo dodges a bullet as the Giants had an opportunity to win that game late but uh, can't get that touchdown pass in there from about, oh, 10 to 15 yards out. And they uh, Buffalo downs the Giants in Buffalo 14-9. Uh, so interesting. Off this week, Green Bay and Pittsburgh – and, of course, the game tonight, the Chargers and the Cowboys, Dallas uh, travels out there to take on the uh, Chargers. Dallas is a one-and-a-half point pick in that game. The over-and-under is 51 uh, with that. Of course, uh, Dallas's defense uh, were preying on people earlier in the year. And uh, as we see, the Patriots uh, were not a good football team. The Giants playing a little bit better. And uh, they also beat the Jets, but they lose to the 49ers and Arizona, their two losses on the year. So uh, we'll see how they'll do tonight uh, on ABC uh, from Inglewood, California, with uh, the game point and a half uh, with that. So uh, interesting uh, uh, football weekend, uh, NFL style. Uh, we'll have Bob Rose on to talk and comment about the Saints uh, uh, at 7.45. In the meantime, Jeff, uh, Major League Baseball got underway at the ALCS as the uh, the uh, Texans just keep on rolling uh, right now as uh, they journey to Houston to take on uh, the Astros in uh, Minute Maid Park. And uh, in that game, uh, the Rangers scratch a run in the top of the second and one in the top of the fifth. Astros had the bases loaded in the fourth and can't get a run home as uh, the Lions score Texas 2-6-0. and Meanwhile, Houston 0-5-0. And uh, and in the bottom of the – I was at the eighth inning, the bottom of the eighth inning, uh, Altuve gets on base and uh, a long drive by uh, Bergman, the former LSU All-American, out into left center, the deepest part of the park in that uh, – in uh, Minute Maid. And what – just an unbelievable – nice catch by the uh, center fielder, I believe, for the uh, Texans. Carter. And uh, Altuve doesn't come – he steps on second – and uh, shifts his feet and then doesn't touch second to come back. And uh, they go to the replay booth, and uh, sure enough, he's called out because he didn't re-tag coming back to first base. Same thing happened to, uh, 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 who was it, the uh, uh, Philadelphia Philly. Oh, the he touched day. the bag. Yeah, but he just didn't have time to get back. He just went too far around the base. In the meantime, Altuve was doubled off. And pretty much ended the uh, last Astro threat because there were none out at the time. Of course, uh, the ball's not caught. Altuve probably scores, and it's two to one game with a run on second, possibly even third for the Astros. But in the bottom of the ninth, the Astros go down on a fly ball, a ground out, and a strikeout. And the bottom of the ninth, and uh, Texas wins a big ball game, in my opinion, uh, beats Verlander uh, with Montgomery. And uh, in the meantime, uh, the game tonight. Uh, should be interesting as uh, one of the better play pitchers for Texas goes tonight in that ball game. And that's the early game. Of course, the uh, National League gets underway tonight over in Philadelphia as the uh, Arizona, the D-backs, uh, journey to uh, Philadelphia, take on the Phillies. Of course, 
uh, Ivaldi is uh, going to be the pitcher for Texas. He's 12 and five on the year. Houston's going to go with uh, Valdez. He's 12 and 11. Houston's the favorite with minus 118. Uh, over and unders eight and a half. Uh, boy, if Houston, I mean, if uh, the Texans who have been playing really well grab this game tonight. Uh, uh, the defending champs, the Astros, uh, being a deep well as they head up to Arlington. In the meantime, uh, the game uh, later on tonight at, uh, uh, at at Philadelphia, first pitch around a little left of 7, 7.07, might be in a little later than that. Uh, Gallon is going for uh, Diamondbacks. He's 17-9, and nine, while Wheeler, who's really pitched well during the playoffs, is uh, the starter for the uh, – for the Phillies, uh, the Phillies are right now are minus 160, the over and under seven and a half, and uh, should be some interesting games in that regard. Uh, the weather up in Philadelphia, I was trying to see uh, 55 degrees Fahrenheit, six mile an hour left to right, uh, from left field to right field with the wind. So uh, with that, um, of course, the um, Phillies right now are uh, – Averaging uh, almost five runs a game, that's eighth in the National League, while the uh, Arizona comes in at uh, 4.6 runs a game. Uh, the Phillies have been bombing the ball outside the park. They also, uh, Arizona runs a little bit better than they do. Uh, Arizona's stolen 166 bases, uh, Philadelphia 141. Of course, with the new rule now, uh, it gives an advantage, I believe. The bases are a little bit bigger, and also uh, a pitcher can only throw to uh, first base, what is it, twice? Uh, while the batter, one bat, is it the same batter or is it the base runner? I'm trying to recall. No, no, it's the the batter. Okay. Uh, you can disengage, that. and and that's not necessarily throwing the first, just taking your foot off the rubber uh, for whatever reason, but or throwing to any base. Uh, yeah, just twice per batter. Anyway, that game's going to be on TBS tonight uh, with the uh, Phillies and the uh, D-backs. Meanwhile, the uh, Texas and Houston involved in their second game uh, at Minute Maid Park. That's going to be on Fox uh, tonight, and Fox uh, won uh, with that course. Uh, they have a roof there in uh, Houston. So, uh, In fact, uh, the, here's a sign of the way the game has changed. Three of the four remaining teams play in retractable roof stadiums. Uh, the Phillies are the exception. And, uh, of course, the northernmost <laughs> team, too, <laughs> with that uh, 55 degrees up there. Meanwhile, in Houston, it made made tonight. Avaldi, uh, 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 12 and 5 with a 3.63 ERA. Valdez, a 3.45 uh, in that. So, uh, one right hander, Evaldi, and uh, one left hander, Valdez. So, uh, going to be interesting to see how that plays out tonight in that. So, um, both teams, uh, uh, just uh, Texas was hitting the ball earlier when they uh, defeated. Uh, um, I want to say uh, uh, Texas beat uh, Arizona beat the Dodgers. Texas beat the most recently. Yeah, uh, in the playoffs, it escapes my mind right now uh, that Texas uh, drilled uh, three times. I believe uh, they didn't lose. I don't think that they lost a game in the uh, the, the Orioles. They uh, swept the Orioles. That's right. That's correct. Who all three teams that won a hundred games were all knocked out in division play. Wow. Anyway, in the meantime, so uh, a lot going on here in uh, sports. Meanwhile, just quickly uh, across the uh, uh, college world, LSU wins a big game uh, uh, Saturday evening as they down Auburn. Uh, they were 11-point pick in that game, 48-18 to 18 in, in a big game for the Tigers. Tigers do a little bit of everything well, run the ball, throw the ball. Jaden Daniels has another big game for, for the Tigers. 
as they uh, uh, just uh, humble Auburn uh, with that. And uh, the Tigers uh, right now looking pretty good. Uh, uh, and the Tigers are going to take on Army this weekend as, uh, the, as the cadets come to town to take on LSU. Of course, with that game, LSU jumped out to a 20-7 to halftime lead, then uh, piled on a couple more touchdowns in each the third and the fourth quarter. Auburn comes back with uh, a field goal in the third and an eight-point uh, in the uh, fourth for a 48-18 to win. Uh, uh, Jaden Daniels, 20 out of 27, 325 yards, mind you, three touchdowns. Logan Diggs, uh, the transfer from Notre Dame out of Rummel High School in New Orleans, Metairie, uh, has 18 carries for 97 yards and a score. And uh, former UL product uh, got to the transfer portal, Karen Lacey, four catches for 111 yards and a touchdown. And that touchdown, I want to say in the second quarter where he came uh, ran a post pattern, uh, and scored for the uh, Tigers, uh, pretty much set uh, the game in place as uh, the uh, Tigers and went on to route uh, the Auburn Tigers uh, 48-18. And uh, with the uh, Army Knights coming to town, you're going to see some slowdown football as they still run the uh, old, um a wishbone type of attack, uh, going to run the ball at the Tigers. But they will put it up some. It's not like they're going to not throw it maybe. They won't throw it 20 or 30 times But if they get behind. But they're just methodical uh, running the ball down the field. So uh, LSU in that game, believe it or not, I believe it's a three-touchdown uh, pick in that game, right at around 20 points they're favored by. It might even be more than that, too, when I first glanced at it uh, uh, late yesterday evening as uh, the Tigers – We'll take on the uh, Knights from uh, West Point, uh, the Black Knights. And I'm just quickly going through uh, my uh, notes here with uh, LSU. Uh, that 30-point pick in that game, I did read that wrong. Uh, 30 and a half points. Uh, Army comes in two and four. I believe that in the first game of the year, UL Monroe upset them uh, 14 to 10. Uh, so the Army Knights uh, got to come in and uh, they're going to run the football uh army's uh averaging uh, uh on the ground uh they throw the ball they've got 143 yards in the passing but uh they still like to run the ball 196 on the ground they're 20th in the country lsu at 215 yards a game is 10th in the country rushing the ball and earlier this year there was a lot of questions whether lsu uh, would be able to run the ball well after playing florida state didn't run the ball well in that game but uh of course uh Jaden uh, Daniels uh, uh, doing a great job uh, running the football for LSU. Uh, if the pocket breaks down, he, uh, I saw him uh, uh, this for Saturday evening. Uh, I'm with a 35-yard run. Uh, just uh, he just a great athlete. And uh, right now, uh, after Caleb Williams, after they get embarrassed by Notre Dame over the weekend, oh, yeah. uh, his Heisman opportunity to win his second one, he threw three interceptions in that game against Notre Dame. and uh, High-profile loss. Oh, yeah. yes. And uh, they went into that game uh, uh, thinking they could beat the Fighting Irish. But uh, in the meantime, uh, uh, USC goes down. And uh, I tell you, the game that was really fun watching was Washington and Oregon. Yeah, I only had it on uh, in the fourth quarter, but, but you're right, it was an entertaining finish to that game and a highly highly competitive uh, rivals arch rivals in that game as washington ended up scoring late uh in that and then friday night i mean two hail mary passes that were answered uh with regards to houston uh, uh downing uh 
uh, uh, Houston. I want to say the, uh, the, the Cougars uh, winning uh, some big games. Uh, uh, West Virginia, they get a Hail Mary pass to go up uh, on top of Houston, and uh, Houston gets the ball uh, after West Virginia was penalized for a celebration. Uh, of course, on that Hail Mary pass, not many, maybe tw- 26 seconds left to go in the game. Houston's able to get down the field to around midfield and threw up a Hail Mary and was answered uh, by them, and they go on to beat West Virginia. Another great game. Uh, locally, UL was off this past weekend. The Cajuns uh, will be at home this weekend to, to play a game, and I think it's homecoming for UL this weekend, too. Uh, as they will play, uh, my notes here, uh, with that uh, UL. Uh, I might have passed it up. or, or uh, But UL, I think they play at 6 o'clock uh, Saturday evening. And they take on uh, the Cajuns going through. the LSU plays at 6.30, mind you. UL plays Georgia State. They're a two-and-a-half-point pick in that game. As I mentioned, LSU a 30-point pick in that in the meantime, Tulane wins a big game Friday night as they down uh, Memphis uh, in Memphis, 31 to 21. Of course, uh, Michael Pratt doing his thing, uh, throwing for a couple touchdown passes as the Green Wave got behind uh, midway through the uh, third quarter and come back to score a couple touchdowns in the fourth. Uh, they're back also in uh, that the polls. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but. Uh, uh, we need to take our first break here. Uh, we're getting ready to bring on Coach uh, uh, Ryan Antoine with the Westgate Tigers, who had a big win uh, last Thursday night uh, for homecoming. You listen to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be right back with the coach. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answertopain.com. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. 
Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday, um, um, October the 16th here on uh, Bayou Sports. In the meantime, uh, trying to get Coach Ryan Antoine on the phone uh, to talk about his big win over North Vermillion uh, this past, and uh, hopefully that might be Coach right there. They they down North Vermillion uh, homecoming Thursday night game 19-13. Uh, to 13. And uh, with that, and uh, Jeff, we're about ready. I think uh, we do have the coach on the line. Hi, you're in the air. Good morning. Good morning, Coach. Appreciate your uh, calling us back. And again, homecoming week uh, with uh, a little rain Wednesday. We talked about this Saturday morning. Fortunately, not able to do the homecoming parade, but Thursday the weather cleared and you were able to play uh, against North Vermilion without any uh, issue there. Well, no, there was an issue uh, again remind us uh, all that happened uh, especially after the officials ask you to move the game to thursday they don't schedule officials what what uh again remind us yeah uh crazy night uh like i said we you know, uh it's five thirty, and one of my coaches was like coach you know um where the where the officials at and uh we was like you know so when i called the assignment secretary he uh he forgot to get officials, and I mean, our officials don't come from Lafayette; they come from New Orleans. So um, we had we didn't have any officials at the time, so we had to. He had to, you know, scour up some officials. Got some from Baton Rouge, got some from Patterson, um, and it took about mm, my God. We didn't start the game until almost nine thirty, almost. So you know, we were sitting there, and we had homecoming going on. They actually did the homecoming announcement for the Queen before the game. And not traditionally at halftime because of because of the wait. So we didn't start the game till nine thirty because of the official situation. That is, uh, and again, uh, the the idea that they asked you to move the game to Thursday and then didn't assign officials, uh, just, just an unbelievable situation. But uh, at least you were able to maybe make uh, the best of it. Like you said, having those ceremonies then before the game, keeping fans uh, somewhat engaged. Yeah, it was tough, man. Like I said, you know, you got you got a packed house, and you know, you got people that came, you know, for their homecoming, and you know, twenty year reunions, and people just sitting there waiting for the game to start. And we didn't start until about nine thirty, so people got to answer. Good thing we had homecoming going on because it could have got a little, you know, testy out there. But nevertheless, like I said, we we started the game late, and I'm I'm just so thankful for North Vermillion. The coach was real, you know, cordial about it. Like he understood and. You know, he didn't he didn't want to leave or nothing and stuff like that. So it it actually worked out, but you know, I think it kinda of caught up with us in the fourth quarter. Yeah, um, you had that nineteen to nothing lead. Uh, tell us uh, how you built that lead and how uh North Vermillion fought back. Yeah, um, you know, we started off the game, you know, doing well. Um Brian Leon scored the first touchdown for us. Uh, we ran the ball, you know, pretty well, but they you know, they kinda, you know, really keyed in the run, but we were still able to get some things with well, out of our play action game. And <clears throat> Brian Leon scored on the boot uh, bootleg, and you know to make score the first touchdown for us. Defense played real well, like all night, except, except probably to that, like say late and late in the game. And our second touchdown came from um, that Travis Lively. We in our um, goal line package, he ran he ran a touchdown in <clears throat> um, for that as well. And then um, Damian Jackson scored a touchdown as well. Uh, out of that same package to make it nineteen nothing when we was pretty much you know controlling the game all night. Um, then North Dominion you know started had a good drive in the fourth quarter on us. Um, threw a ball on fourth down and got a pass interference call to to get him by the goal line, 
and then ran a trick play on us and scored a touchdown on us to make it 19-7. to um, We come down and, like I said, fumbled a kickoff return in the, in the fourth quarter. We recovered it on about the three-yard line. Um, on third down, we threw an interception um, for pick six. Uh, so they made it 19-13. It was 19-13, you know, right there and there. And I win the ball game. Um, then they they stuffed our run. But the good thing is Andre Williams did a good job in special teams of punting the ball and flipping the field. And then our defense kind of came alive and made some stops. But we barely squeaked away with a 19-13 win. Real good. So um, having maybe seen some film on that one since we spoke Saturday morning, any uh, further thoughts on the way your team played? Um, I felt like we played in spot early, and then you could just tell, like, you know, we just kind of got, got up the gas, you know, like mid-third quarter, you know, we kind of felt like, you know, game was, you know, I'm, I'm, gonna say, I'm not going to call it boring because the football game, you got you to gotta love playing the game. But I felt like, you know, we just kind of got to a point where, you know, the game was out of, you know, we thought the game was won. And credit North Vermillion because they, you know, they kept fighting the whole night. They never gave up. You know, um, that team is not a bad team. You know, this district that you're playing, you know, you can, get, you can be beat by any single team that you play. You know, um, every single team is, you know, is, is beatable. So we definitely have to go out there and continue to keep playing. But North Vermillion credit him, like I said, keep, kept fighting and, you know, put us it, put it in the bind. So we definitely got to work on some things about learn how to finish people off. And it's week seven. That's the frustrating part. Yeah, Coach, you know, uh, big game uh, this coming up Friday as uh, Lafayette Christian comes to town. And uh, well, what can you tell our listeners about uh, the Lafayette team? Um, I mean, one of the best teams in the state. They're explosive. Um, probably have the best player in the state. Uh, and Jawan Johnson, the quarterback, uh, who, you know, very electric and does a lot of good things, you know, for them. I mean, he makes them go 100%. Uh, he can throw it. He can run it. You know, he can, and, he, and he just does it all. Uh, you know, one of probably one of the best players ever played high school football. You know, with the numbers that he's putting up. If you look at it, you know, pound for pound. So, um, you know, we just, we got to go out there and play one of our best games. You know, to, to to be, you know, to have a fighting chance in it. So, so I mean, we've been looking at him all week, all all weekend, but like that. Uh, and we got to go out there and prepare. But if we play like we played. Uh, you know that that late fourth quarter will be in for a bind. I mean, they blew Turlins out sixty-two to three. Um, so you know he went out there and they played one of their best games. But we got to be sound offensively, defensively, and on special teams. You know to have a fighting chance against these guys. Uh, defensively, what they're going to throw at you, uh, Coach? Uh, what, what kind of defense can uh, people who attend the game? Uh, uh, and I think also that that's our game of the week here on Kane uh, Radio. Uh, one of two. Yeah, one of two games this week. Uh, of course, the Friday night game uh, with you taking on uh, with uh, Lafayette Christian, LCA. Uh, what type of defense do they throw at you? They're, they're a team that uh, just try to power over you, or will they uh, have, uh, uh, I guess, uh, blitzes? Or what can fans look forward to watching to see what they'll do? Uh, they're multiple. Um, I mean, they'll start at 3-4. And then sometimes they'll go, they'll go four down. Sometimes they go five down. Uh, they play a lot of man coverage. Uh, you know, on, on the back end, they'll blitz when they need to blitz. Um, and like I said, you know, they do a, they do a good job of you know mixing some things up and you know being more of a textile defense. So you know, we got to be ready and better you know better handle all those fronts. Anyway, Coach, uh, uh, yeah, we look forward to doing that game for you uh, uh, Friday night here on Kane Radio. Uh, I guess uh, kickoff around 7 o'clock and uh, with that uh, for you. Coach, uh, yeah, yeah. we'll uh, look forward to uh, being out there Friday night. And, again, 
Anything the fans need to know uh, out of the ordinary about uh, this game? Uh, no, I mean, it should be a good game. And like I said, you know, hopefully we play at 7 o'clock. Uh, we haven't played a game <laughs> at 7 o'clock yet, uh, that, you know, this year, either you know, from, say, Martinville to Evangel with the rain, and then this last week with the officials. So we haven't started the game at home yet. Uh, at seven o'clock, every game been almost nine o'clock that we that we've been playing at home. But uh, you know, nevertheless, I think it's you know it'd be a good atmosphere, a good ball game. You know, we just if the guys come out there and play, you'll see two good high school football teams playing, and you know, you know, hopefully we we put on a good show to you know to help our crowd out. No doubt, Coach. Uh, we look forward to being out there, and as always, thanks for joining us on these Mondays and uh, Saturday mornings. All right, appreciate it, guys. You yeah, bet. good luck, Coach. Appreciate Coach Ryan Antoine. Yeah, when he told me that Saturday morning, I wasn't aware of the delay, the start time. And boy, oh boy, uh, it's you know, tough enough, you know, a couple of weeks ago making that road trip to Calvary Baptist. It's a late night and getting the kids back. Uh, yeah, uh, tough situation there. Something I caught. And on a school night, too. Yeah, so. that's right. Something I caught that uh, kind of confused me. He mentioned something about the officials. For that game being out in New Orleans, or for, just uh, that's yeah, strange. The, the way he said it, and I guess we could look for clarification at some point, but he almost made it seem like that's their regular routine to use officials out in New Orleans instead of the Lafayette um, Association. Maybe there is some mistrust uh, amongst that. But that that that's a good question. Uh, hopefully, maybe that can be clarified. But I always thought the all the area teams, uh, the association, or that it would be a district uh, rule standard. Well, true, but uh, I, I've never caught that before. Interesting, uh, for that matter. Uh, maybe uh, when you do the game uh, Friday night, maybe uh, if you're sitting next to one of the uh, clock operators, <laughs> they might tell you where he's from. Anyway, uh, just about ready for our next break here. And, uh, of course, starting off our next break, uh, we'll have Bob Rose on. We'll talk about the Saints game uh, over in Houston uh, yesterday. In the meantime, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with Bob Rose uh, right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Athletic Field provides challenges that test their competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Lander and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good paying jobs that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Time out. All right. Remember, we're a team that plays together. 
Listen, the winning will take care of itself. We just have to get everyone involved. In interscholastic sports, we celebrate what makes every one of us unique. And in the pursuit of a common goal, everyone in the huddle, in the bleachers, and in the community comes together. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on the big Monday, October the 16th. And on the line with us is uh, each Monday morning uh, during the NFL season is Bob Rose. Good morning, Bob, and welcome to the show. Good morning, guys. Thank you for having me. I hope your Monday morning has gotten off to a decent start anyway. Well, let's say we slept well last night. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Bob, uh, thoughts and comments about uh, the Saints game yesterday over in Houston as uh, the Saints, you know, played uh, defensively in the first half. It just seemed like Houston was going to score 40 points as the Saints defense just uh, they weren't aroused at all. I mean, uh, uh, C.J. Stroud was playing like a five-year veteran, six-year veteran, throwing the ball all over the field. After some maybe halftime adjustments, uh, the Saints came back to play defensively pretty well. But here we go, the offense, you can't score more than 13, 16, 18 points in a game. You're going to get beaten most of the time. Uh, yeah, you're exactly right, and that is what we have seen through the through the Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael regime. Is that this team, if they reach 20 points, it's a minor miracle. Uh, they, they, their last, the Saints' last four drives were inside the Texans' 30 yard line. Two of those drives inside the 15, and they came away with a grand total of three points. Yes. You're not going to win any games that way. Uh, and like you said, it it wasn't all on the offense. It was, you know, it, granted, it was an awful play calling performance again. Uh, but you know, Blake Groupie missed a twenty nine yard field goal. You, know, you can't do that. You 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 just can't. Uh, you know that might have changed the approach for those final four drives that I mentioned. Uh, you know, if he if he hit that one, uh, you know, the defense looked like they were sleepwalking through the first half. Uh, you know, not only C.J. Stroud, but they could not stop Devin Singletary on those outside runs either. And I thought that this was a much more athletic defense, uh, you know, from the Saints than what they showed. Now I agree with you. The defense, you know, Joe Woods, Dennis Allen, they made fantastic adjustments in the second half. They did their job. They absolutely put the nails down on Houston, both the running game and you know, and started to pressure Stroud and get some key pass breakups. But when your defense is playing up to their capabilities, then your offense needs to do their job. And you know, this team continues to, uh, you know, if you pardon the pun, continues to drop the ball, especially in key situations. Yeah, and uh, with that, too, of course, he missed a 50-yarder during the Mm -hmm. game, and uh, I I can understand that. Uh, But uh, a 29-yarder, you missed – and that was his, I believe, third miss of the year. Uh, Of course, he missed that one uh, field goal up earlier in the year that would have given the Saints a win over Green Bay. But uh, in the meantime, after Jameis Winston comes in and leads the Saints down the field uh, for that, uh, I guess, go-ahead field goal with the last uh, seconds in the game. But in the meantime, uh, boy, if he group uh, keeps missing short-range field goals, he might be looking for a job. And of all things, Lutz up in Denver missed his first field goal to win a game for Denver back in uh, earlier in the year. And I don't think he's missed a field goal since then uh, for the Broncos. So, uh in the meantime, uh, the Saints reeling, and uh, 
I told Jeff off the air that uh, I looked up Derek uh, Carr's uh, record as a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Granted, <laughs> he had some poor teams in Oakland, but he's 66 and 82 as of the game yesterday. And uh, I just, uh, you know, he throws between the 20s, but when you get inside the red zone, when you got to score, it just he hadn't been able to pump the ball in the end zone, like you said. No, no, he hasn't, and it, yeah, it, it's time to start examining uh, you know, D- Derek Carr through those eyes uh, you know, and through that uh, you know, through that kind of analysis, like you said. Uh, we can't blame we can't blame everything on play calling. Granted, it's abysmal, uh, you know, confusing, unimaginative, predictable, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, the players still got to execute on the field. And offensively, that starts obviously with your quarterback. Uh, you know, Derek Carr put up some nice. If you just look at the statistics, you come away thinking, okay, Derek Carr had a decent game, and he did make some nice throws. Uh, you know, I was under tremendous pressure through the second half, uh, you know, in particular, but. When you're a starting quarterback in the NFL, and in Derek Carr's case, a starting quarterback that this team turned over every rock in their way to get to you and bring you in, you have to do your job. And uh, you know, very few of these guys, uh, you know, on offense in particular, we could, you know, any of the three of us can sit back and say, you know what, they're doing their job. They're, they aren't the problem. Uh, but, again, it starts with your quarterback. They have to make the key throws regardless of the situation around them. And Derek Carr just isn't doing that. Yeah, just uh, during the game, uh, observing, you know, all these little uh, uh, safety valve passes are nice and all, but they just – got to throw the football down the field. And I'm not talking about 40 yards, which he did a few times yesterday, but those intermediate passes of 7, 8, 10 yards, uh, they work. And uh, they keep drives going, and uh, that's something – you know, uh, Michael Thomas uh, and uh, 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 the other wide receiver, 12, Olave, uh, uh, yeah, just Olave uh, looks like he's coming into his own as a wide receiver. But uh, mm-hmm. in the meantime, the Saints ran the ball uh, Camaro efficiently during times. Other times uh, they were running into the strength of the uh, Texans' defense. And uh, as you mentioned, play calling has been uh, questioned uh uh, through the whole course of the year, not just uh, yesterday. Uh, and the Saints, of uh, course, uh, I'm trying to remember if they – I don't know if it was the Saints game or somebody else I was watching. They went field goal territory, kicked the field goal, let's go. And, uh, and, and I want to say the Saints on fourth down yesterday, of course, the interception, the only interception uh, that uh, uh, Carr throws was the last second or last play mm-hmm. of the game or whatever. And uh, But, you know, chunking the ball down the field, they had a timeout left. You know, 15 to 10 yards inside the middle, you could call timeout, and then you can maybe fire three or four of them into the end zone. Don't know uh, what happened there, but uh, that was a little disappointing for me. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, and the, you know, the the one drive you're talking about, uh, you know, it, it, this, this this offense, Pete Carmichael, is an oxymoron of himself. Uh, you know, you have a struggling attack. Uh, and yet on second and short, third and short, you're, you're throwing all go routes, all deep balls. Why? Just pick up the first down, keep the drive going, 
maybe, oh, I don't know, gather some momentum. Uh, you know, and on the flip side, when you're talking about a third and medium or, sh- or, or fourth and medium, you don't attack the middle of the field. Uh, you know, you run uh, the one fourth down you talk about when they threw the, you know, the little check down to Camara. You, know, you throw it to him behind the line when your offensive line has been struggling all through the second half. And, you know, you basically ask Alvin Kamara to turn into Barry Sanders, a combination of Barry Sanders and Jim Brown in his prime, and pick up six yards, uh, you know, two yards behind the line of scrimmage, and then the four yards to pick up the first down. Uh, you have guys to attack the middle of the field. Alave is an outstanding route runner. Michael Thomas had a heck of a first half, and they stopped going to him in the second half. Why? People need to start you know, demand. I mean, questions are being asked of Dennis Allen, Pete Carmichael, and even Derek Carr, but they aren't demanding the answers. Why aren't you guys doing this in key situations, or why are you guys doing this other thing when you know it continues to not work week after week, drive after drive? It's it, this team is infuriating to watch. Yeah, and you know, both Saints starting tackles went down. Ramchak, mm-hmm. along with uh, the other Hurst, went down during the course of the game. They had to move. Re- Ruiz from guard out to tackle and uh, of course you know uh, don't know how serious these injuries are uh, for the coming week as they they got a short week they play Thursday night against uh, the Jaguars who hopefully will have some uh, flight issues as they come back from uh, London (laughs) Uh, I guess uh, from last night don't know when they got back to Jacksonville but uh, they, they, they weren't in London yesterday that was um, ah, it was the previous two weeks. Yeah, you're that's right, right. You're right. The previous two weeks. I was yeah. going to say for them to have to come back from London and play a Thursday game <laughs> would have been pretty rude. By even as brutal as NFL scheduling can be, that would have been. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, with that, you're right. Uh, I stay corrected on that. But uh, with that, hopefully, a little jet lag might come into play. But they won big yesterday, thirty-seven to twenty. So uh, the Saints uh, don't like. I said, don't know how bad Ramchak and uh, Hurst are hurt, but. But uh, when you lose your starting tackles and have to bring in backups uh, through that, and uh, probably a lot of reason that uh, Carr was under stress. But as I mentioned earlier, 66 and 82, he got Dennis Allen fired <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> you know, he might be heading that way now uh, in that regard. I say that tongue-in-cheek. But uh, in the meantime, uh, Saints still have a, a, a good schedule. I mean, they, the, with what they have uh, coming uh, up in the next few weeks, of course, Jack Jacksonville Thursday night uh, again. Don't know the issues with the Saints, but after Jacksonville, they're going to go to Indianapolis, come back home to play the Bears, and then on the road again to Minnesota and Atlanta. So uh, all, all winnable games on paper. Yes, yeah, that's about right. But need to get a lot more production in the red zone uh, before they can start uh, uh, claiming that we're playing better too. Yeah, you and you guys are right. All, all winnable games on paper, but for that matter, so was Houston. So was Green Bay without you know, with missing six of their starters. So was Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, and you know, they, they, these these Saints are uh, just continue to shoot themselves in the foot. And now you're looking at a quick turnaround uh, you know, to, to have to face the you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are a good young football team, on a Thursday night. Uh, you know, at Jacksonville, you know, you look at their defensive numbers uh, against the pass, they struggle. But I'll tell you what, they have 12 sacks on the year. And I got na- bad news for you, Houdat Nation. Of those 12 sacks, 11 and a half of them have come from edge rushers. Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, and, uh, you know, uh, K- uh, Kayvon uh, Chason. 
have combined for 11 and a half sacks. So going into this game with major, major issues at offensive, at both offensive tackle spots between, you know, Trevor Penning's inconsistency, James Hurst hurt, Ryan Ramchek hurt, Landon Young hurt. This could be an ugly matchup. This is not, I, I do not like, I, I didn't like this matchup coming into the year, uh, especially on a Thursday night. Now I really don't like it after what I've seen from both teams so far. Gotcha. Bob, uh, again, uh, hopefully they, you know, because it's a, a short week, um, maybe easier to put yesterday past you just because you got to so quickly focus on the next game. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, you, it, you have very, very little time to watch the film on what happened and what went wrong yesterday because you got to go right into preparations for your next opponent, uh, you know, and watching their film. Uh, yeah, again, the guys, the guys that are hurt, I wouldn't on both sides. I wouldn't look for them to play on such a short turnaround. You never know. Uh, you know, and my, you know, minor injuries like Andrews Pete, for example. I would expect him to be back in the lineup. Uh, you know, after sitting out yesterday, despite being active. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you don't. You have zero time to dwell on what happened yesterday because you got to go right into preparations for you know, for the Jaguars. Uh, you know, and try to try to get a little bit of momentum back on your side. What's Trevor Penning's uh, mindset now? Did he get the message uh, in being benched yesterday? They had to bring him right back in uh, um, soon enough. But uh, did, he, did he get a message uh, in, uh, in, in general terms how do players normally recover from that kind of a situation? You sure hope so, but this is a real character test for this young man, uh, you know, because they're going to have they're going to have to go with him and count on him not only this week, but being a number one draft choice, you're count you you're, you're counted on to develop, uh, you know, in, into a franchise left tackle. So you know, we're we're going to find out a lot about Trevor Penning's character, uh, you know, and and, and his uh, mental toughness on how he performs this week, uh, you know, against again a very very dangerous Jacksonville edge rushers. There you go. Bob, uh, again, always appreciate you joining us on these Monday mornings. Remind us again how to hear and see your work. Guys, have a great week. Thank you, as always, for having me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can follow me on Facebook, Bob Rose, R-O-S-E. I'm over on Twitter, at Bobby R, 2613. And check out all of our works at the Saints News Network, at Saints News on Twitter, and the SI.com team page for your New Orleans Saints. Make sure you check out Brendan Boylan and I every Wednesday night on the Bayou Blitz podcast. You can catch it on YouTube or through our Facebook pages. And we go live at 8 p.m. Central Time, usually run for about an hour. All right, Bob, again, we look forward to recapping the Jacksonville game with you Monday morning. But thanks for joining us today. Sounds great, guys. Have a terrific week. You too, bud. Yeah, thank you, Bob. Uh, in the meantime, uh, here on Bayou Sports, time to take another break. We'll come back, uh, talk a little high school football along with today in sports history. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be right back after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. 
Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Hi, this is Boxcar Badger, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf Professional Teddy Sliman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by GolfBalls.com and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kane Road, and Sugar Oak. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Dream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Uh, just a little wrap-up uh, high school football over the weekend. Uh, of course, last Thursday night, as uh, they finally got the game in, North Vermillion uh, at Westgate, uh, homecoming uh, issues with the officials, but uh, meaning uh, their tardiness or not being assigned properly. Uh, but Westgate pulls out a 19-13 win. Uh, they head on to take on uh, Lafayette Christian this uh, Friday night. We'll have that game here on Kane Radio. Uh, of course, Lafayette Christian demolished uh, Turling's Catholic uh, last uh, Thursday night, 62-3. to uh, Big chores, as you heard Coach Antoine talking about the uh, looseness of the quarterback for uh, LCA, who's an LSU commit. Don't know if he'll be a quarterback. He's not a big kid, six foot, maybe 180 pounds. Uh, not sure what the Tigers have him uh, labeled for in the future. Elsewhere, other games uh, in the area last uh, this past weekend as uh, St. Charles down St. Uh, Martinville 43-15. to West St. Mary uh, gets beat by Ascension Episcopal 60-6. to Of course, the game heard here on Kane Radio. Catholic High uh, beats Delcom 49 to nothing for their homecoming uh, with that Mara Vital, the homecoming queen for the uh, Catholic High uh, Friday night. Elsewhere, Lorville and uh, Franklin back and forth as the Tigers uh, finally pull it out 32 to 28. Elsewhere, Vermilion Catholic journey to uh, Generate to take on the Tigers, who are having a pretty good year. They beat them 42 to 8. Elsewhere, Holland Baptist. uh, takes on Covenant Christian, and Covenant Christian comes out with a 34-7 to win. Elsewhere uh, in the area, the Yellow Jackets journey to Lake Charles to take on Barb and get in on the short end of uh, a score of 35-17. Jackets were pretty competitive in the first half, but on the losing end. Another big game in the area, John Curtis uh, took on Acadiana. Of course, the Reckon Rams traveled to New Orleans to take on John Curtis. They get whitewashed, 28 to nothing. Kind of surprising, too, there. John Curtis, I I think I've already lost two games this year. Of course, former coaches uh, in the area uh, with other teams, Coach uh, Brent Endes gets back on the winning track as they down LaRanger, LaRanger, 
42 to 21. And Coach uh, Scott Watney takes his first defeat of the year as Brother Martin gets back and rallies uh, back to beat Holy Cross over in New Orleans, 22 to 19. So high school football uh, here on Kane Radio uh, with that. So uh, we have a couple big games this week as the uh, uh, Panthers play Thursday night and the uh, Westgate will play Friday night. Both games air uh, on it with a kickoff around 7 o'clock here on Kane Radio. Meanwhile, uh, on a big uh, Monday today in sports history, October the 16th, back in 1909 in World Series, Pittsburgh Pirates beat the Tigers. Detroit Tigers 8-0 at Bennett Park to clinch the World Series win. It's the Tigers' third straight World Series defeat. As Ty Cobb, I mentioned last week, uh, never did win a World Series uh, playing with the Tigers uh, with that. Uh, he was 0-3 and possibly 0-4. Elsewhere, in 1909, in his fourth title defense, uh, heavyweight boxing champion, Jack Johnson KO Stanley Ketchell in the 12th round out in uh, Coma, California to retain his heavyweight boxing crown. Also back in 1928, a Hall of Fame catcher Mickey Cochran wins the AL MVP honors edging Haney Manush by uh, two points. I can't even tell you who Haney Manush is. Elsewhere on this date in 1936, Lou Gehring is voted the AL MVP by the Baseball Writers Association. On this date in 1942, the National Boxing Association freezes the titles of those serving in the armed forces. Of course, uh, the Brown Bomber, Joe Lewis, was one of them. Elsewhere in this date, 1962 in the World Series, and the Yankees win their 20th championship as the, they beat the Giants 1-0 at Candlestick Park. And, of course, the MVP of that series, Ralph Terry, who pitched that game and one other in the series. But the Giants had the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth. And uh, Willie McCovey hits a line drive that Bobby Richardson's got to take in to win the series. And the ball gets over Richardson, who uh, wasn't a tall fellow, maybe 5'8 or 9. It goes out into right center. And uh, the Giants win the World Series, but not meant to be. Also in this date, 1968, the Milwaukee Bucks play their first game losing to the Chicago Bulls 89 to 84 of course uh Milwaukee gets the win in the lottery three years later as Lou Alcindor now uh Kareem Abdul-Jabbar comes in and wins a uh national championship in 71 elsewhere in this date 1969 the 100 to 1 shots the New York Mets beat the Orioles 5 to 3 at Shea Stadium for upsetting winning four games to one series MVP of that series Don Clendenin, and of course, uh, in 1969, met Cleon Jones was awarded first base during that game when shoe polish on his ball on his shoe proves to be he was hit by a pitch as the black off the uh, 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 the ball hit his uh, foot and uh, he was awarded first base. Of course, catches by Ron Swoboda out in right field, Tommy Agee in center, and Al Weiss hitting a home run who I don't think he hit more than five in his entire career as the Mets go on to win their first World Series ever. Also in this date, 1974, the A's, Ken Holtzman, who uh, hasn't batted all season, belts his third-inning home run in game four and gets the win 5-2 to two, uh, over the uh, 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 over the Mets uh, in that uh, series as the uh, A's win it. Elsewhere in this date, 1983, uh, Baltimore Orioles beat the Phillies 5 nothing for four games to one victory. MVP of that uh, series, 
catcher Rick Dempsey, who was one character for the Orioles back then. I could still see him sliding on the tarps for rain delays uh, like a slip and slide. Elsewhere in this date, 1987, defending champion Mike Tyson beats Terrell Biggs by a TKO in round seven at the convention center in Atlantic City. And, of course, he retains a unified heavyweight title. Also in this date, 1988, Oral the Bulldog Hersheiser, and that's what Tommy Lasorda used to call him, first to pitch a shutout in the playoff games and uh, won playoff series and also in the World Series. Also in this date, 1990, Eric, uh, Eric Davis, the Reds outfielder, is the 22nd player to hit a home run in his first World Series at bat. Also in this date, in 2011, in the NL Championship, the Cards beat the Brewers 4-2. Also in this date... In uh, 2016, Ed Whitlock, at 85, becomes the oldest person to complete a marathon under four hours. Good luck to uh, uh, Ed Whitlock. Anyway, also in Toronto, three hours and 56 minutes, an 85-year-old ran a 26-mile marathon. 